wish I had a voice like that. Thank you, Cal, so much. Such a manly voice. Wonderful, though. You know, I'm excited because the Lord gave me a thought, and it's here in John chapter 1. He came unto his own. What about that? Just singing that. And we're going to talk about three things today. Let's look at John's gospel, chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read the first four verses, and then we're going to take a look at uh, John 1, 1 through 4, and 10 and 11. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Please drop down, if you would, to verse 10 and 11. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Now, Brother Cal just sang, and the word just says right here, that's the Christmas story. Today, being the first Sunday of December, I have a few Christmas thoughts, and we'll, we'll have some more during the month. But let's pray, and we'll get into what God has for us today. Father, thank you so much for the song sung, and Lord, how it just unifies the thought today in our hearts. And uh, I pray, Lord, that you take now these scriptures, and uh, Lord, you'd, uh, you'd speak to our hearts about your dear son, we thank you, Father, for him and all that he means to us. And Father, I pray that you give me clarity of mind. Lord, so much going on, and I want to do a good job for you and for the church. So help me bring thoughts to my mind. Give me clarity. Dear Holy Spirit, use what is said today to uplift Jesus Christ. And if there be anyone here today that's not born again, I pray that you tug on their heart. Your Holy Ghost, draw them to Jesus. And then, Lord, to the saints, I pray that we be encouraged by this message. Get our hearts in tune, Lord, for this Christmas season, whereby we can be a good testimony to all that come in our path, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Still thinking about that song and what I want to say today and how it works so well together. Well, we just turned another page to 2018's calendar and it's, we're on the back stretch, folks. We're in the final corner. It just seems hard to believe. But yes, we're in December and our thoughts will be focused on this Christmas season, the celebration of Christ's birth. Within that, I, I, I always have wonder every Christmas time about the Christmas story. Um, Jesus coming to the earth to be born of a virgin, uh, to be the savior of the world. And, and I'm glad I'm still in awe about that story. And uh, I want you to note with me a few verses as we, we read, but let's, let's read verse 10 again. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. Verse 11, he came unto his own and his own received him not. Verse 12, But as many as received him to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Verse 13, Which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, 
nor the will of man, but of God. And of course, verse 14, wonderful verse, great verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. What a wonder. What a wonder. The word wonder means wonderful, marvelous. It's, it's such a wonder. And I want to talk about three wonders today. The first one is the wonder that he came. The Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, capital G. Now, in the Jehovah Witness Bible, they make that a little g because they don't believe that Jesus is God in the flesh. But I believe Jesus was God in the flesh. Little g's don't matter. Jesus is the God. We just read that he's the creator. The Bible says in Colossians 1.17, everything was made by him and it wasn't made for anybody else but him. As people, we think, tend to think all this was for us. It, no, that's man's, that's man's thinking. Everything's about me. No, no, no. It's always about him. It's always about him. And so I want to look at these, on this first Sunday of December, these three wonders that amaze me still today. And the, the first one, the wonder that he came. He came unto his own. Of course, the Jews. But God knew what he was going to do. He was going to open the gospel to the Gentile world too. Paul wrote in Galatians 4, 4, And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. Thank God God sent his son. And he came unto the world. This word fullness, I've mentioned it many times through the years, it is so, it's so rich. The word fullness, he came in the fullness of time. It means exact time. It means perfect time. I like this. Which is put in to fill up. Meaning, it couldn't be any fuller. It couldn't be more ripe. The world couldn't be any more ready to receive Christ's gospel. Twofold meaning. It means to bring to completion, to be ready. And I like this. Like a ship in so much as it is fulled or manned with sailor, rowers, and soldiers. As they would get ready to sail, they would have everybody and all the product and all the cargo and it would be ready for sale. That's the word here, fullness. It also means Completeness or fullness of time, and it has a connection with the word that the Romans used in that time, is called Pax Romana. And the word Pax Romana means Roman peace. God brought forth his son at the exact time there would be Roman peace. It was the known world, and Rome conquered all, and they had control of all, and all the roads were built at that time. The perfect time so that when Christ was born, the message of Jesus Christ could be spread along the world. Nothing would inhibit them. Roads would all lead from Rome to preach and propagate the gospel. So thank God in the fullness of time, Christ came. God wasn't making a mistake. It wasn't something he did. Oh, let me, I'll do this today. From the foundations of the world, our Savior was planned to be the redeemer of all mankind. What a God. What a God. Amen. So in the perfect time, in the exact time, in the wonderful time, in the opportune time, in, in possibility, to me that's just wonderful. It's just a wonder. 
He came unto his own, and his own received him not, but he came. I want to talk about where Jesus came from. Far away from the sinlessness and sorrow of this world is a place. It's called heaven. That's where Jesus came from. The Bible says that promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but the north. All you southerners, but anyway. (laughs) Promotion comes from the north, the city of our great king. So where is that? Well, it's heaven. It's heaven. Heaven is described much in the word of God. It's not so much where heaven is, although I believe that Scripture teaches it's above, not below. But that's not the important part. The important part is that he came. He came from heaven, the abode of God. He came unto his own, that place that Jesus came from, in order to be with us. It's so wonderful. It's like I'm talking about the wonder of Christmas season. Jesus had a home in heaven. In the dictionary in heaven, if there is such one, it does not contain the word sin. From the lips of those who live there, there's never spoke any words like sorrow or pain. I believe in a literal heaven, street of gold, walls of jasper, gates of pearl, where there is no night. I believe there is such a place. The prince of that city is Jesus, God's lovely and only begotten son. The Bible says in Psalm 48, 2, beautiful for situation. The joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion on the sides of the north. The city of that great king, the great king. Jesus, prince and king. The darling of that place called heaven. The celestial city, the place where saints are at home right now, where no tear ever crosses the cheek of any individual. I mean, in this life, there are going to be tears. Jerry and I were talking the other day. Tears, tears are a reason. God gave us tear ducts. There's many physical reasons I understand, but God wants us to shed tears. He wants us to give our emotion Tears, as the songwriter said, are a language God understands. And he says he takes our tears and he puts them in a bottle. God's fully aware of our sorrow, of our hurt. Amen. But I want you to tell you, listen, in heaven is the place where there's no headache or body ache or stomach ache or toothache or heartache. It's not known there. It's never been discovered there in heaven. The bloom of its present garden are forever. The flowers never fade. The leaves of the trees never fall off. Oh, the beauty of that wonderful city, the place where Jesus spoke of in John 14. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Heaven. The place where Paul visited when he was caught up into the third heaven. The place where John saw everything that was delivered him of the book of a revelation. The place where the rose never fades and the sunset never came. 
The place where all music and all voices sing forth his praise. The place where all inhabitants bow before him. The place where his presence gives light to the city. The place where the trumpets play constant reveille but never taps. Never taps. Heaven, where there's a seven-colored rainbow round about the throne. The place where all riches of heaven were and are His. The place where Jesus was and is the object of all adoration. Heaven. That's where He came from. The abode of God, the home of God, and all the saints. The place... Jesus came from for us. Heaven. A place where he was and is rich in power and glory and wealth and holiness and praise and worship and love. And all that describes it takes away my breath. Folks, do we not understand? Do we not comprehend the wonder of why he came? Why did he come? Again, this place of heaven that he came from, the hosts of heaven adore him, the seraphims uh, serenade him, the cherubims cheer him, the angels announce him, the diadems crown him. Heaven, the house again of God, garlanded by his grace. Fellowship with the Father that has never been ended. Since Jesus returned. You see, there was a time that there was no fellowship. It was at Calvary when God turned his back on his own dear son. And Jesus said, why hast thou forsaken me? But he did it for us. But he's back. (laughs) He's back on his throne. He's back waiting for the day the father says, go and get your bride. Our Lord lived in such a place where no tears ever fell to the ground, no shoulders ever stooped, no brow ever wrinkled, no hand ever had palsy, no foot ever took an unsure step, no cancer ever took a victim. Can you and I not see the wonder that he came this morning? That he came from such a place? Second of all, brings me to the thought of the wonder of what he became. For us. Look at John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh. And dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace and truth. The first thing about the wonder of what he became. Was he became the same. And what do you mean? Same like us. He became flesh. He became like us. So he'd understand human plight. Human emotion, human loss, human suffering. What a God. God became flesh and dwelt among us. Amazing. Wonderful. God became flesh and dwelt. Why? So he could know human pain and human suffering and human feeling and human thought and human emotions. Oh, how wonderful. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. The writer 
Many believe to be Paul. I'm kind of leaning that way myself. But in Hebrews 2 and verse 14, he says, For much then as the children are partakers of the flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that hath the power of death, that is the devil. Verse 15, And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, that's something. Every man fears death. Talked about Kate not fearing death because she knew where she was going, knew who she was, knew who her Lord was. But in every one of us, there's a time where there's a certainty, uncertainty about life and death. But it says here, verse 16, for verily he took not on him the nature of angels. You know, what is all this angel stuff anyway? You know, angels are created beings for the glory of God. They have work to do up in heaven. And, and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but nobody that dies that is a Christian turns into an angel. You do know that. That's not biblical. You say, why is that important to say? Because there's a false doctrine going around that somehow people, they don't turn into angels. They are saints. They are with the Lord and they'll serve him forevermore. The matter of fact, to be an angel is to take a step down. God created us in his image and his likeness. So have Christmas angels, but they're just a decoration. Okay? All right. Just that's free. <laughs> For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Flesh, the man. To be same. To be like us. So he could understand. He's God. He knows all things. But as the God man, he entered into our plight. Into where we live. And he had compassion on the multitudes. That's why he could be such a good shepherd and a savior, because he understood the emotion, the pain, the suffering, the, the disappointment, the agony of life, not only the agony of death. Amen. Jesus, our Lord, gird himself with a towel and he washed the disciples' feet. The Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister to others and give himself a ransom for many. Praise his holy name. What a wonder. Consider the wonder of what he became. He became like us, the same, but he became a servant. Philippians. Paul writes, chapter 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. So he came to become the same. He came to become a servant. And here's the one that's so important. He came to become a substitute. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, For Christ also hath once suffered for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. John 10, 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. That's my Savior. He came to be a substitute. The paschal lamb, the scapegoat, the sacrifice, took my cross. You know, my wife and I, we, we've been planning. The kids aren't going to be with us this year. No one's coming home. We're not going there. It's a different Christmas. So we're, her and I are doing Christmassy things together, holding hands and seeing Christmas lights, and we're going to have a blast. But anyway, 
Tomorrow night, we've talked about going out and getting our Christmas tree. And some of you may not do that. It's fine. I do it. I like it. So there. And I'm not falling down and worshiping my Christmas tree. I, I've studied all the verses. I know where I stand doctrinally. And okay, so don't come and tell me. Where I, okay, anyway. But we're going to go get that Christmas tree. So you like tradition. But this is the Christmas tree. Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. The cross of Jesus is the Christmas tree. Always has been. That's the one that I'll bow to. That's the one that I'm thinking about. And Jesus took our cross. Instead of me on Calvary, it was him. It was Jesus, the darling son of God. He took my place. He took my hell. He took my hopelessness. He took my separation from the Father. He was separated, so I'd never be separated. Neither height nor death, nor principalities nor powers, or things come or things. Hey, shall separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Obviously, we're sad for the Everett family, we're sad for the Newberry family, we're sad for Brother Jerry and his girls, and that's natural, and we ought to be. But they're okay. As, as Kate said, she's good. They're in the place where there's no pain or suffering. Former things are passed away. They're good. We're not. They're good. But I'm so glad I'm saved when I close these eyes in death someday. Don't worry about me. Amen. I'll be okay. He took my separation. Mm. Oh, what a wonder, church, that he came. First place, that he came. Why'd he come to us? He didn't have to. But he came. He took my sin upon him, who knew no sin, that I might be the righteousness of Christ. In him, what a Savior. The wonder of what he became. The same. A servant, a substitute. But here's one. He came to become sin. Oh my. The innocent lamb became sin, was slain for me. John 1, 29, Behold, the Lamb of God would taketh away the sin of the world. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteous of God in him. The lovely Son of God. Listen, heaven's light to earth's night. From the glories of heaven to the groaning of this earth. From the riches of heaven to the poverty of earth. From the place of welcome to the place of woe. From the place that adored him to a place that abandoned him. But verse 11 says, he came, he came, he came. Oh, what a wonder. He came unto his own. Jesus left heaven, all its splendor, to become sin. All sin, all kinds, all shapes, all sizes, all peoples. He became sin. From the gates of pearl to the barn door. From the streets of gold to a bed of hay. From the Father's fellowship to the womb of a virgin. From angel's announcement to the enemy's false accusations. The eternal emptied himself. The perfect one became spotted one. The sinless became the sinner. Wonder. Wonder. Heaven's best went to hell for you and me. The wonderful one became the wounded one. The praised one became the pierced one. The majestic one became the mocked one. The one who possessed all owned nothing of this world's goods. 
He had no place to lay his head, remember? The one whom who all heaven fellowship will die on a cross alone. Not even his father. Again, Psalm 22, 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou far from helping me? And the words of my war, uh, roaring. Here's why. Here's why. Here's why. This world. I'm telling you, there's a wonder that he came. There's a wonder of what he became. Traded robes of royalty for a Roman soldier's coat that they cast dice for. Traded a, a diamond crown for a crown of thorns. He traded a scepter for hammer and nails. He traded a throne for a cross. He traded admiring angels for a jeering crowd. He swapped his tireless body for a weary one. He traded his ability to form the oceans for a request for one drop of water. I thirst. Became the bearer of your burdens to be with you in your loneliness, in your sorrow, to conquer your grave, to save your soul. Himself, he did not save. Purchase your heaven, give you a reason for living. Secure your eternity, give you rest, and he took your weariness. For your helplessness, he became hope. Yeah, he, he came something. He became the same, the servant, the substitute, and sin for us. And then my final thought. The wonder of what I can become because of him. If you're saved, you're somebody. Do you hear me? If you're saved, you're somebody. You're a child of the king. You're a part of the family of God. You're the saints of God. Not the angels of God. Don't throw that in there again. <laughs> the wonder of what I can become because he came. John chapter 1, our text, verse 12 and 13 as many as receive him to them gave you power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name that's what I've become I've become a believer in Jesus Christ joint heirs with Christ whatever he owns I own some of you may be thinking about end time in your earthly life and what you have what you don't have what you're putting aside for future I get that I understand that but listen you couldn't be more rich than you are right now We don't think right. 2 Corinthians 8, 9. The Bible says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, yet for your sakes, he became poor, that through his poverty ye might be rich. I'm rich. So are you, if you know Jesus. Glory to God, folks. I'm going to give you these and I'll be done. The wonder of what I can become because of him. 
I became an heir of a whole thing. I became helped. Hey, I need help through this life. Do you? Oh, you're the pastor. You, I need help. I know I'm a little emotional. It's kind of been a little bit of a stressful week, you understand? But I, 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 I need help. And the Lord gives me that help. He gives me power to live the Christian life. That old song that we sing, I can face tomorrow because he lives. I can face tomorrow. Amen. Because he lives, I do have power to live the Christian life. Don't talk about, I don't know if I can live the Christian life. I don't know if I, yes, you can in Christ. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Quit bellyaching. Quit trying to find a way, a loophole out of living for Christ. Live for Christ. Amen. It's a wonder that he came. It's a wonder that what he became. It's a wonder what I can become in him. So listen, become what he wants you to be. The best you can be. We'll never be perfect. No, no, no. Perfection in the Bible means maturity. I can become more mature in Christ. So I can become heir. I am heir. I can be helped. I am helped. But I became his. Wow. I'm his. He's mine. One thirteen of John says, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I'm born of God. You see, I'm born again. <laughs> you know, one of the nurses, I think her name was Carol. She's been in psychology to help families, and she's chosen now to become a hospice nurse. And she was sharing with Bob and I and a few more standing around that someone had told her one day, because Kate, Kate was struggling there at the end, and she said, you know, an older woman told me in hospice one time, she said, you know, when babies are born, there's the birth pains. When a baby's coming, there's labor. But she said, you know, when people are going out of this earth, there's labor too. But when they open their eyes, they're in a place called heaven. Whoa. I had never heard that before. I thought, yeah, these babies, they struggle, and the mother struggles, and there's labor, and then the baby's delivered, and it's, it's in our arms, and we're worshiping, and God and thanking God and we're celebrating the new birth. But listen, we got to think of the other side. There, there's sorrow here, but when, when that person in Christ closes their eyes, they're with the Lord. Whew. My goodness gracious. We cannot, eye hath not seen nor ear hath heard what he hath prepared for them to love him. But listen, when the eyes close and you say your last goodbye, it's hello and glory. Oh my goodness. That's why he came. If you know Jesus, you know you're born again. 
I believe everybody in this room, even a child in the back, could tell me physically the day of their birth. What, how, what's your birthday? What's your birthday? And they, they tell me. Can you tell me the birth date of your spiritual life? So I don't know. I don't know the date, but you know the experience, right? I don't know the exact date, but I'll tell you, I know the place. 31, 749, Rosslyn, Garden City, Michigan, upstairs bedroom. I got born again. Never been the same, never will be the same. Friend, do you know for sure that you're saved? Are you rejoicing that he came and what he became for you? Are you living? You say you're saved. You say you're a Christian. Are you living for the Lord? And I'm trying to be kind, but if you're not, shame on you. You're a child of a king. You're a daughter of a king. You're the son of a king. My goodness, live like it. Act like it. Amen. Have you been scripturally baptized? Why not? He asked you to. He commanded you to. Have you joined the church? Oh, I'm not much about church. He is. <laughs> Have you made a public profession of Christ? He did for you when he took your sin on Calvary. So in this celebration season, everywhere you go from here on out in December, you're going to see lights and tinsel and beautiful packages and hear Christmas music. And you know what? I love all that stuff. I like it. It's tradition and I like it. I like it especially when I'm holding my wife's hand. Amen? Amen? And really, when we get under any kind of mistletoe, it's wonderful. <laughs> I'm looking for mistletoe. I think I'm going to get me one of those headbands that have the mistletoe. <laughs> oh, pastor, it's not the birth of Christ. Oh, pastor, oh. <laughs> you know we're going to celebrate Christmas. Let's celebrate Christ. The Christ of Christmas. Enjoy that little side stuff, but enjoy him. Why? The wonder that he came, church. The wonder what he became for us. The wonder of what I can become in him. Let's bow our heads, please. Brother Tom, if you'd come. I'll ask you a question.